Welcome to the Buick Outdoors Podcast. I'm your host, Sheldon Marion, and on this podcast, we dive deep into the outdoors. We discuss hunting and fishing techniques, give you tips and tricks, tell stories, and everything in between to help you enjoy the outdoors. This podcast is brought to you by Rampage Coffee. Rampage Coffee is crafted in micro batches to produce a premium quality coffee that is just not possible any other way. Step up your coffee game and get amped with premium quality freshly roasted coffee. Right now I'm waiting on the sampler bundle where you get to try all four blends for around $20. It comes with a full force premium espresso, code black dark roast, riot medium roast, the C4 extreme caffeine blend, and it also comes with some pretty cool looking stickers. If you head over to rampagecoffee.com and use our promo code Buick, you'll receive 10% off. That's rampagecoffee.com, promo code B-U-I-C-K to get 10% off and get amped with Rampage Coffee. Hey everyone, welcome back to another Buick Outdoors podcast. If you're new here, my name is Sheldon Marion and I'm your host. Uh, you know, I want to quickly touch up on something here just to kind of start things off. Uh, there was a news outlet here in Fort St. John that uh they put up a little story that I thought was very interesting and more people uh, should be aware of it. Uh, what they did was a little shady uh, and it was kind of weird. But uh, anyways, they put out a story saying that wolves uh, would have to be cut back by 80% uh, for this caribou recovery. Uh, what that means uh, is that there would be three wolves per 1,000 square kilometers. Uh, and that is what technically what they're saying is needed to save the caribou population. Uh, one thing that kind of jerked me though, uh, I must have just seen it as it was coming up because I was able to click on it. I was able to read it, uh, but then I went to comment on it and share it and I couldn't. Uh, so they put it up. I think they had a couple clicks on it or whatever, and then they pulled it down right away or set it to uh, private. Uh, but then later on that evening, after they published another 10 or so uh, articles and stuff, then they put it back to public. Uh, so in that way, it was it's still a story that's available, uh, but it is buried way down into the archives kind of thing for the day so it it really didn't get to see the light of day and it just kind of irked me the wrong way uh but uh yeah i don't know i guess that's just the way uh kind of media works these days you know if it, there's a lot of miscommunication misleading info uh unfortunately in this case it was actually good information they just chose to hide it Kind of a thing, and it's, uh, yeah, I, I, I kind of understand it because they don't want to have a lot of negative comments on their platform. Uh, but in the same sense, that is something that should have been, uh, kind of, well, it's not even, it's not like they just deleted it or whatever. It is still open to the public, but they hit it. So it's, yeah. But, anyways. I got that off my chest. Uh, if you want to read that article, 
Uh, I believe I put it up on our Buke Outdoors Facebook page. Uh, I'll double check to make sure that's up there again. You'll you'll probably have to go and search for it now. Uh, but yeah, uh, we just got our 550 Tundra delivered here. Uh, Dad was on his way out to cut up some firewood, so I sent him money for that. He dropped it off here uh, just the other day, and I'm getting pretty excited about that. I I fired it up, I topped it up with fuel, the cheap bugger there, he didn't put any fuel in it, gave me an empty sled, eh, but, uh, that's alright, I'll, I'll pick on him some other time, but, uh, yeah, I, uh, topped her up with gas, drove around the house a few times, took it up to the rodeo grounds and back, and, uh, yeah, the thing, it runs pretty good, I can't wait to, uh, pretty well get myself into trouble with that around Buick, uh, there's definitely a lot of places that I want to go to. Uh, there's lots of places around here where it's just a little too muskaggy and swampy and stuff. Right? I really don't want to take my side-by-side into. Uh, also, there's a lot of like creek crossings and stuff once you get kind of way out back kind of a thing. So it's, it can be a little iffy and a little sketchy at times uh, during the summer months, but in the winter times. I'll just bring the sleigh with me and a shovel, and if I have to, I'll treat it like back in our trapping days where uh, if there's real steep creek banks, you pretty well just grab your shovel, you shovel in a bunch of snow, you pack it down, you drive over it a few times with the snowmobile, and it sets up like concrete. You know, it's it's a wicked easy way to uh, to get over them creek crossings where, uh, where in the summer, like, there'll be some spots where it's hard to even get across them on foot let alone bring a machine in there but uh yeah the old trapping days they they come in handy from time to time uh one thing i i want to try doing here this winter too uh i used to do a whole pile of uh rabbit snaring uh that was back when a lot of these roads were still open for the oil and gas wells and i'd be able to take my pickup driver down the road and just cruise through the cruise through the roads there pretty well every day and check my little rabbit snares and stuff. But uh yeah, everything's kinda getting shut down now and uh yeah, the roads aren't getting plowed, road maintenance isn't being done, so I'll probably just have to take the sled. But that's perfectly fine with me, you know, it'll just remind me of the old trapping days where you get to hop on your sled, spend the day cruising around, seeing some beautiful country. Uh, except now I'll be filming it for the most part, and, uh, yeah, it'll be, it'll be pretty neat to be able to bring you guys along for the ride for that, uh, especially when it comes to snaring rabbits, uh, it's not so much for the rabbit meat, I definitely don't use the hide, uh, snowshoe hair, their hide is just way too thin for everything, uh, you would have a hard time tanning it. Uh, I've tried a few times, uh, once with a chemical tanner, once with egg, and then once with brains, and it it does tan up, but the, the slightest little pull on it, and it just tears, because their hide is just way too thin. I don't even think you'd really be able to use it for trim, except for maybe the trim around a hood, because it doesn't get much... Uh, you, know, you you wouldn't be touching it much where if it's on your your wrist or your boots or whatever it would you're constantly touching that stuff and yeah it would just rip and tear and fall off and 
it'd be a waste of your time, really. But, uh, yeah, I'm looking, looking forward to that. And also, there's a bunch of valleys and cut blocks around here, and it's kind of the same thing. In the summer, you're just, the accessibility is just not there. Or it is there, but it's, it's just terrible conditions, and, you know, my ranger, that thing's basically like a little pavement princess let's be honest like i don't beat that thing up i've had it bought it brand new in 2014 and i've replaced the tires changed the oil a few times and put gas in it and i've gone through a couple of batteries and that's it you know i don't beat that thing up at all i have a winch on it and i've used the winch i think twice uh so yeah, I I try not to take that thing to questionable places, but uh, yeah, definitely gonna get myself in trouble with the sled though. <laughs> yeah, and I think uh, I think on my last podcast I talked about sledding into a couple of lakes and taking on the ice, so I'm not gonna touch on that here today. Uh, this week I tried to do a overnight camping trip with a survival kit that I picked up from Canadian Tire. Uh, Unfortunately, the weather just was not in our favor. Uh, I I come home Tuesday night, and then Wednesday is my day to go to town. Uh, Wednesday was beautiful. Thursday, the weather started to pick up. And then Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, it was... uh, Pretty well, snowfall warnings and winter storm warnings. Sunday, Monday was rain, and then it turned back down to minus, oh, minus 15 out here. So uh, I I pulled the pin on that. I I decided instead of uh, doing that, I'd sit around the house, do some editing, do a couple of gear reviews and all that good stuff. Uh, As much as I would love to go out, and do an overnight trip and film it all for you guys as like a survival video. I really don't want that to turn into an actual survival situation. Uh, especially like as much of a outdoorsman that I am. I'm not like a quote unquote survivalist. So like you know, I can go out and I'm sure I would be perfectly fine. But I'm just kind of the typical dude. I know the odd thing here and there kind of a deal. Uh, But also, I want to do the filming where you're still kind of at least somewhat comfortable. And uh, yeah, filming in the winter, it's it's already hard enough because your batteries die, your your lens fogs up, it's snowing, whatever. Like, there's already challenges to it. if there's rain during the winter, I, I mean, I don't got to tell you how bad that is. Uh, especially if you're in Fort St. John this last couple of days, uh, you would have seen the impacts of rain in the winter. Uh, and now imagine being out in the woods, trying to film yourself, build a lean-to shelter, which is just a basic survival shelter. Uh, try not to get wet, try not to get your gear wet. And then you're also sleeping in it, and it was raining at night, so I I really didn't want to wake up as a icicle kind of a thing. But uh, we'll see what happens here on my next Saturday's off. Uh, 
we are slowly getting into ice fishing season now. Uh, we've been getting a steady minus 10-ish uh, throughout the day. So any day now, the lakes will definitely be frozen enough to, to walk out on. Maybe drive your sled out there, quad, but uh, it'll be a, at least two weeks to a month before I'm taking my pickup out on the ice. Uh, you know, some of those things, I think they say it's four to six inches of ice uh, for you to walk on, uh, eight to 12 or so to take your slider quad on, uh, 12 to 16 to drive on. But for me, I just, I don't like taking those chances, especially if there's, you know, any soft spots or anything like that. Uh, some lakes do have springs running through them. Some lakes still have uh, people sewer running into them, as gross as that might be. It does happen. There are some places where they're just kind of grandfathered in, and there's uh, not much you can do about it. Uh, so in in those cases, there could potentially be a real weak layer of ice in uh, certain spots. Uh that way, you know, if you just wait till you know down well that there's enough ice, you'll never have any issues. Uh, I think last year, around November 22nd, is when there was a guy out on Charlie Lake and his truck went through the ice. And then, I, I want to say it was about the first week of December, uh, we were out at Ingle Lake and I walked out, uh, just packed everything out there. We're only out, you know, maybe whatever, 100 yards, if that. And, uh, yeah, somebody drove their pickup from the far end of the lake. And uh, pretty well drove straight towards us. And then they kind of turned at the last minute there and went off a little bit. But, uh, yeah, you could hear the ice popping and cracking and kind of moving a little bit as he was getting closer. And uh, poor Daisy there, my dog, she didn't like that one little bit she ended up getting pretty spooked over that and she ran to shore and that's where she stayed she wouldn't want to come out on the ice and it uh it took her until probably about mid-january almost february like pretty well almost to the end of the season before she would actually come out on the ice and was comfortable again but uh it was spooky that that guy was just an idiot uh <laughs> Plus, last year, it was it was a lot warmer than this year, so it took a lot longer uh, for the ice to actually start to build up on lakes. Uh, so, yeah, that was uh, that one was pretty sketchy there. Uh, how he didn't break through is kind of a surprise, but lucky for him, uh, he didn't. So, uh, yeah, good job. <laughs> But yeah, now that we're getting into uh, the ice fishing season, uh, you know, I was thinking today of kind of like where we've came from and where we are today uh, just for ice fishing gear. Uh, what I use now is typically, uh, well, I got my big tent, which is a 6x12 uh, Cabela's tent, and then I have a couple of them other they're uh, they're called like two to four person tent when really it's like a one and a half person kind of a thing but uh one's an outbound 
the other one's an Eskimo. So I got two of those, and those things, they're like, mm, maybe five feet by five feet, and then the Eskimo, I believe, is about six feet by six feet. I, I can't quite remember, but they're not, uh, they're not very big. Oh, I might have them backwards, too. I, I'd have to pull them out. I typically don't use them, but, uh, yeah, you could drill four holes in either one of them, but then you'd have to either have four guys sitting in the middle with all their backs pretty well touching and shoulder to shoulder, or everybody kind of sitting in the corner with all their holes drilled kind of in the middle. Uh, so either way, it's not the greatest for uh, more than two people. Uh, but anyways, I bring out the tent. I uh, bring out my heater, bring out a lawn chair. Uh, I got rods and reels specifically for ice fishing. I got uh, specific rod holders. I got some that are for buckets. Others, you put them onto the ice. Uh, what else do I got? Uh, my my tackle box is huge. I've been downsizing because I've... It seems like every time the winter rolls around, I always go out and buy the latest and greatest jigging spoons and this and that. And eventually, the only thing I end up using really is a bait holder J-hook with a little lead weight on it and a bobber. Uh, but I do have everything imaginable. Uh, jigging spoons, those little, uh, I always call them airplane fish. I don't really know what they are. They're kind of like a rapala with the little wings on the tail. Or they have little wings up closer to by the head. And those things, you pull them up and you just let them drop. And once they drop, they kind of they kind of swim in a circle. So there's some action to them. Then there's the jigging wraps. Like the rapalas with the little beads and stuff in them. Uh, and what else do I got? I got little jigs. Uh, some with hair, some with just the uh, rubber worms on it and stuff like that. But for the most part, uh, like 99% of the time, it's just a basic size 8 or 10 bait holder J-hook. And those are the ones where they have the little fins on the back of the shaft just to hold your bait on there. And then just a tiny little lead weight that I put on there about 4 to 6 inches up from the hook. And then a bobber. Uh, but where we came from, you know, we used to go out fishing. We'd bring a pack of J-hooks, either marshmallows or baby shrimp, sometimes corn, and some fishing line. And that was it. Uh, well, and a nice auger, obviously. But, uh, you know, we'd go out to the lake. Somebody would be drilling holes. The other person would be up on the bank cutting willow sticks and if you're drilling like a if you're drilling like a six inch hole you only need a willow that's i don't know maybe 12 to 18 inches and then you just tie your line onto the center of the stick drop your hook and bobber or hook and weight down once it hits the bottom you just kind of spool it back up onto your uh onto your willow find out where the bottom is bring it up another couple of inches Roll your willow up to where your your uh, fingers are. Put her back down, and that's it. There was no 
no bobbers, nothing fancy. There's no jigging spoons. There's no airplanes. There's no jigs. It was just a basic hook sinker and bait. <laughs> but, uh, you know, back in the day, it used to be like a big family get-together. or Friends would come out. We'd all kind of park our truck and trucks into circles in the center. We'd have a big fire going because we'd come out there. Everybody bring the chainsaws and axes and everybody grab a load of wood. And we'd have a great big fire going on the ice. And then pretty well beside your truck, you'd have a hole drilled. So if it got a little too cold, you hop into your truck, you roll down your window a little bit. And you just sat there and jigged out your window. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it was... It was a blast, and it was just simple, easy fun. That's why I don't understand when people, uh, they want to go out ice fishing, but they say they don't have the equipment, and the most expensive part is probably going to be your gas to get there and back. Uh, you can find second-hand augers, or you can buy a brand-new one. They're around, you know, that 80 bucks to 100 bucks, but, I mean, really that's you buy it once and you're good for years uh once in a while you'll have to change the blades and uh one second here if you're just listening to this you won't be able to see but on the old youtube page here you see this replacement blades i just bought these uh, i replaced mine last year but i always like to have an extra set kicking around just in case and i i want to say those are about 30 bucks i'm not not too sure uh one thing you can do too if you don't want to buy replacement blades is you can pick up one of those uh is it called speedy sharp it's kind of a small little sharpener they're about i don't know four inches long maybe with the orange handle and it's like a I don't know if it's like a tungsten or something like that. It's extremely hard metal. But the one time we were out at Clue Lakes, uh, I think it was Wade had his auger out there, and he drilled it right into the dirt and mud and stuff. And uh, typically, when you do that, especially with his because it was a power auger, uh, there's no coming back from that. You have to replace the blades. But I was able to take my little Speedy Sharp, and I just kind of hand tuned it or whatever and yeah 15 maybe 20 minutes later he was up back out drilling holes so that that's another avenue you can kind of take but that's kind of if you're in a bind and you're getting desperate i'd use that other than that i would just carry extra blades with you uh they're pretty cheap but uh yeah anyways uh back to our uh, big family outing on the ice there uh, yeah, we would we'd bring out snowmobiles and GTs, and we'd just take turns driving the snowmobiles around, pulling each other with the GTs, or we'd be driving the pickups on the ice. <laughs> the odd time pulling the GT with the pickup, and you know it was so much fun. I'm I'm pretty sure that's where I learned how to drive without Inga Lake, uh, especially back in the day, the old Ford farm truck, that old purple thing. One thing I remember about that truck is uh, if you ever sitting in the middle and you had to put it in reverse, you had to kind of stand up on the seat because the reverse would come back. It was manual shift. It'd come back and you'd put it onto the seat and then you had to pretty well shove it right into the seat to get her into reverse. 
<laughs> and then it had kind of like that typical Ford kind of. <laughs> I don't know what to call it there, but yeah, it's one of those noises that uh, when you hear it, it just yeah, it just brings back childhood memories. You kind of you recognize it as soon as you hear it, kind of a thing. But uh, yeah, you know it. That was the some of the best times of my life was was out on the ice with family and friends and you know we always had a blast out there. Uh, nobody ever really took it overly too serious. Uh, you know it's a great time to bring your family and friends together. Uh, bring your kids out. Uh, cook them up some. Hot chocolate, have a hot dog roast, uh, s'mores, you know, it's such a great time. And really, you don't have to go out when it's minus 25 and the wind's blowing and stuff. Especially if you're a Monday to Friday type of a guy, your options are pretty wide open. Uh, you know, if you just wait till the, the right temperatures come along, you know, especially up in the peace country here, if it's minus 40, wait a couple of days, it'll be plus two. You know what I mean? So, like, yeah, if you want to go, just go. Uh, there's really nothing holding you back. Uh, you know, like, you don't need fancy equipment. Uh, just a J-hook line, really an axe to cut down a willow. And, man, like, you're, you're good to go. You're off to the races. And then plus two... You're going to have a blast, especially if you're able to get your hands on some firewood. If you can't, I mean, you can go to the gas station. You can buy a bundle of of firewood for whatever, 10 bucks. It's quite a rip-off, but it is possible to do it. Or you can just talk to a buddy or get onto one of the Facebook marketplaces or whatever. There's always somebody selling firewood or somebody willing to just give you an armload. You know, give them, you know, throw them five bucks or whatever just to say thank you. But, it, uh, yeah, it, it's some of the best times that you and your kids can have is on the ice, ice fishing. Uh, you know, and, and when you're, when you're spending time out in the woods too, you know, the best memories I ever have is, in the woods whether it's because i shot my first deer or you're just driving down a dirt road with your grandpa kind of thing you know uh man <laughs> i have a lot of memories of sitting around in town playing video games and having fun with friends and stuff like that but nothing will ever compare to the memories uh that we've made out at like mile 132 with the family during moose season or at Ingle Lake or out at the ranch. Uh, you know, even little bits and pieces, like there's certain little bends in the river that you can just, you know, you just see a picture of it and it makes you smile. You know what I mean? Uh, you know, and when you're a kid, as long as you have the, the right mentors, for me, I had some of the greatest ones alive. Uh, you know, you can learn so many life lessons 
you know, you you learn respect and discipline, work ethic, uh, the connection between you and your food. If you let your kid actually do stuff and they're hands-on, you know, they can learn troubleshooting, creativity, uh, self-confidence. You know, there's no participation trophies out here. Some of you, that's going to scare the hell out of you. Because you think that your kid deserves praise for absolutely everything that they do when really that's not how things work at all. You know, when you're hunting and fishing, you're either in first place or you're in last place, really. You either win or you lose. But you decide to on what is winning. You had a great day out driving around. You call that a win? Perfect. It should be. If you think winning is going out and shooting a deer, again, you, yeah, you did win. You provided food for the family. You know, when I was, oh, geez, how old was I? Like 12 when I got my first deer. You know, before that, we would go to the grocery store or the convenience store or whatever. Hey, you can buy pepperoni and you'd eat it, whatever. Buy a steak, again, eat it. Meh, it's just red stuff that you bought at the grocery store after i got my deer you open up that deep freeze and you see mule deer roast or mule deer pepperoni and you reach in as a kid and you go hey you know what this came from me you see your mom and your dad your brother sister grandpa grandma whatever and they're sitting there eating it with a smile on their face i mean as a 30 year old man it still makes me happy and still makes me proud where when you're like a 12-year-old little kid, oh, you are on top of the moon excited for that feeling. And it's something that just it gets in you and you want it to happen over and over and over again. You, know, you become a provider uh, at such a young age. And then you also learn hardships. You learn that what you get out of life is directly correlated to how much effort that you put in. If you want to sit on your ass during the weekend and do nothing, you don't get that mildew pepperoni, right? Where if you take take your kid out, you put him to work, you make him put in the effort, eventually things pay off. Also, sometimes things don't pay off, but that's also just kind of hard life. Some days you can bust your ass off for months at a time. And get nothing out of it. How often does that happen when you're at work? You know, you work all year long and at the end of the year they say, Hey, congratulations. We gotta do budget cuts or we're gonna, you know, whatever. Knock your pay back. Well, if you're a entitled little shit growing up, you're gonna be pretty upset about that. If you're a kid kinda raised in the woods, raised hunting and fishing and trapping, you're not exactly expecting it, but that hurtful feeling, it's almost uh, familiar. You know, you're able to get over it and get back into the saddle and get back to working way faster than somebody who's never felt that before. Same thing with, you know, failure. Failure is one of those things where you have to have it. You know, the best lessons I've ever learned is from failing. I've never really learned much by succeeding, and I, I wouldn't want to. Uh, 
If I was a person that succeeded on everything that I've ever done, man, I'd be a boring person, really. Uh, you know, and as things are moving along now, too, uh, you really have to take it upon yourself to teach your kids some of these things. Uh, you know, the ups and downs of being in the woods, it, it's the same as, you know, just general everyday life there's going to be good times there's going to be bad times and what you decide to do with that is is what you generally get out of the situation if you want to sit around and mope about it you're not going to get very far if you're going to learn from everything that you've done you're going to succeed in life and you're going to be just you're going to blow everybody's expectations away uh but that all uh, it all just kind of starts with your beginnings. Uh, you can teach yourself a lot of stuff, but if you just give your kids a helping hand and start them out in this world, uh, in the woods, you know, a, a life, you know, it's like a life not spent in the woods is a life not really worth living. You know, it's just, it's boring. When the weather is crappy and I gotta stay at home for four or five days in a row and I can't get out into the bush, man, I'm kind of miserable. I get kind of depressed and down on myself and then I kind of see what people are like around the world and it's like, I, I get it. I see why people are like that and it's just because they're they're in their own little bubble and they don't get outside, they don't explore anything. You know, when was the last time you got onto the peak of a mountain or came around the bend of a river where you just went whoa look at that you know what i mean uh you can see pictures and stuff but until you actually get out there and touch something it's really you know there's no point of it even being there if you're not out there enjoying it <laughs> well, i kind of went on a bit of a rant there but uh yeah We'll move on here. <laughs> uh, so my dad there, I was talking that he just uh, dropped off the sled there the other day. And uh, he's slowly getting everything packed up to move down south. And he just came back from a trip down south. And uh, yeah, some of the pictures and stuff he was sending me and everything that he was doing. Oh, I, I can't wait. You know, it's... There's really not much keeping me up here in the north once this kind of November hits. Uh, eventually, I'd like to stay up here, do a little bit of ice fishing, kind of in the early season, but pretty well once it's like kind of December hits, I'd like to get out of here maybe, you know, right after Christmas, January 1st, go south and uh, not necessarily join them, but... Uh, do some cruising around there. Check out the West Coast a little bit more. Uh, eventually, I'll have a boat down there. A little liveaboard trawler or something like that. You know, man, I, I, I'm beyond excited when it's, uh, you know, especially when we're up here and there's a snowfall warning in effect. And uh, it's getting cold and miserable. And Dad sends me a picture He's walking on the beach and he's watching the waves crash in and uh, there's a guy mowing his lawn. And 
yeah, I can't wait just to have kind of like the simple way of life, you know, the hustle and bustle of everything, and then just the way kind of things are going uh, in the world these days too. I think more people kind of need to pursue their dreams, uh, figure out a way to make it happen, and just go for it. You know, make that uh, make that change that needs to happen. Take that chance. Uh, for me, it's it's gonna be a, quite a big chance, but if it pays off, man, it's gonna be just absolutely fantastic. I can't wait till. I'm able to live just kind of stress-free out on the boat up on anchor somewhere and just kind of sit back, relax. It'll still be a job, and there'll still be a job to do, whether it's filming and then podcasting and then affiliate markets, sponsorship deals, or if I have to get a job you know, on a prawn boat or a crab vessel or something like that, you know, you just, you make it work. In the summer months, come up here, do your thing, work wherever. The winter months, get out of here. You know what I mean? Uh, especially down there, it seems like their wildlife is doing a lot better than up here. Uh, there's Sitka deer, there's blacktail deer. Uh, there's quite a bit of grouse on Vancouver Island for sure uh the mainland side of things I'm not I'm not exactly sure what they would have there but I'm sure there'd be something uh also there's Roosevelt elk uh that's all on a draw system but eh whatever put your name in for the draw if you get it you get it if you don't well you don't there's enough deer around there I'm sure it wouldn't be an issue to get one or two blacktail deer and really a blacktail deer they're almost the same size as a mule deer from what I've read other than their horns are a lot smaller like a 120 inch blacktail is a really big blacktail deer but I mean really I don't I don't really care about horn size anyways I just like to get some roast and steaks and jerky and all that good stuff in the freezer plus if there's only two of you you really don't need all that much and if we're on the ocean uh the main part of our diet is going to be crab prawns salmon ling sea bass dolly steelhead you know it's going to be a ton of fish and you know meat is going to be kind of like the once or twice a week kind of a thing but for the most part it's going to be uh just mainly a fish diet so you know, we don't need that much to begin with. And worst case scenario, you can always go into the store and just, you know, buy yourself a handful of packs of hamburger and a few roasts that you can cut up into steaks or whatever, you know, like, we're definitely not going to go hungry. Uh, you know, some of the things I want to do, some of the things that I have planned are just, I don't quite know when i'll be able to achieve them but it's uh it's one of those things that i'll i'm i'm going to achieve them like i'm not gonna take no for an answer you know there's uh taking the inside passage we're going up desolation sound uh 
checking out small little places like the small community of Lund. For some reason, I don't know why. I just want to go there. I want to check it out. Uh, I believe on west, yeah, on the no, on the east side of Vancouver Island, there is a whale museum. So there's so many things that are on my little bucket list. That I just I want to slowly check out, slowly cruise to them all, or drive to them, whatever. Uh, you know, I keep my bills low. And I'm trying to increase my income uh, slowly and steadily. That's happening, but uh, you know, I'm man. I have so much to look forward to for in the future. It, you know, it's one of those things where I, I really wish people had more dreams that they could pursue. Uh, I'm kind of almost getting impatient, but I know at the end of the day, man, it, it's gonna pay off. And uh, I'm I'm hoping I can still, I'm still doing this and this does turn into a full-time gig. And uh, I'm able to bring people along with me and invite people out, charter a seaplane or something crazy like that. You know, it, it's one of those things where I don't want to experience this alone either. Uh, like there's me and the dogs and Shelby and all that stuff, but... You know, every once in a while, it'd be nice just to phone up a friend or a family member and say, Hey, if you can make it to whatever, Prince Rupert by next Sunday, there's a seaplane waiting on you. He has the coordinates where I'll be anchored. I'm going to fly out for, you know, whatever, a week. You know, just come hang out on the boat. Maybe we'll take the boat from Bellacoola and sail up into Kitimat, do some crab fishing. Maybe after that, I'll drop them off, pick somebody else up, go from Kitimat up to, I don't know, Prince Rupert. Do the same thing, drop them off, pick somebody else up, go up to Portland Canal, go into Stewart. You know, it's, uh, it's going to be quite the way of life. And uh, I'm really trying my hardest to get myself set up for all that. Uh, you know, I, I like to talk about it on this quite a bit, uh, just because it, uh, you know, I'm so looking forward to it and, uh, I really hope it kind of motivates you guys to kind of pursue, pursue your dreams as well, no matter how big or small they are. Uh, you know, don't let it kind of belittle you because, you know, somebody might have bigger dreams than you, you know, I have some monstrous ideas in my head and if your dream is just to build own a house or to buy your first car you know start with that uh go after it do what you gotta do sacrifice what it is that you gotta sacrifice and uh just put one foot in front of the other keep moving forward and eventually you will get there uh you know if you want to whatever climb one of the big mountains around Tumblr Ridge as long as you put one foot in front of the other take breaks here and there kind of do your thing once in a while you might have to stop for the night as long as you still make progress you're making progress eventually you're gonna get to the top of that mountain no matter how big or small it is and when you get there you know make sure you give yourself a pat on the back uh, some things are harder to achieve than others 
And, uh, yeah, I'm rooting for you. <laughs> Hopefully we can get to the top together. Uh, but anyways, guys, I think I'm going to make this one a bit shorter. Uh, I got a lot of things to do here before going back to work. So I think I'm going to cut it here. And, uh, yeah, if you're listening to this on a podcast, uh, I want to thank you. Uh, make sure you give it, uh, a rating. Let me know what you liked about it. Uh, yeah, and if you want to watch the video version, uh, we're on YouTube. Just check out Buke Outdoors YouTube channel. You'll see a playlist for all of the podcast. And also, if you're watching this on YouTube and you want to listen to it, it's on all major podcast platforms. Just search the Buick Outdoors podcast, and uh, you'll definitely find us uh, out there in the internet world. Uh, you know, we're on Spotify, Apple, Google, iHeartRadio, and a few other ones. But uh, yeah, those are the the main major ones. But anyways, guys, I want to thank you for listening. I want to thank you for watching, and uh, yeah, catch you on the next one.